You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. Yes, Motormania with you through until noon. I'm Damien Reed, and I'm joined in the studio by Noel Ebden and Itashan Giado. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Good, hello, Good to hello. have you guys back in the studio. It's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, cars we've been driving lately. I haven't. Actually, I was meant to drive a car last week, and uh, these things happened. It fell through. Um, uh, whether it was a mechanical issue or a previous driver issue or whatever, I don't know. Previous but anyway. driver <laughs> issue. That's a very polite way of putting I'll just, it. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. So we'll, we'll bring that one. But you guys have been busy getting mm. around in uh, in various cars. Uh, you've had a couple of nice cars in the channel, I've got to say. Yeah, that Honda Civic, which Type R, which I'm still going to get into soon. And now you've just been driven, driving another manual, the Toyota Supra. I know. It's been a good week for me, hasn't it? Yeah. He keeps so, lining them up. Up, doesn't he? I don't know. He does yeah. it. You snooze, you lose, Evan. Um, <laughs> type, type R was fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and I think they're all selling out as fast as people can get their hands on them. Um, I wasn't one thousand percent taken with the Type R, mm. but I will say because out here there are a few quirks about it that make it a little not quite suited to our roads. But it's a great car, absolutely. Yeah. If you if you track it, have at it. Supra, on the other hand, I was not looking forward to because I've driven the old automatic Supra, and I thought it was always a bit. Incomplete, a bit unfinished. The suspension was a bit weird. You know, you couldn't put the windows down. It wasn't much space for a boot, etc. And I always thought, well, this was a bit of a missed opportunity. Forget about all the stuff with the BMW parts of it, etc. I don't think that's relevant anymore. I think we all moved on. Yep. It's a lovely looking car. I think it's the best looking sort of coupe grand tour in the market right now. Much better than the sort of weird, awkward Nissan Z. But the manual, so I wasn't looking forward to it. Of course, it's a manual. You don't get that many much anymore. 207,000 dirhams. It's pretty much the same horsepower and torque, etc. They've done a lot to make the manual work. They've redesigned the dashboard, etc. They've retuned the suspension slightly. Lots of small, very Japanese tweaks. And it's a very custom... It's not a BMW gearbox, but it is. Mm. But they've actually put a heavier gif- shift knob on it to make it fall into gear more precisely. And if you're thinking that's a lot of marketing twaddle, you'd be wrong because mm. it actually works. Really? Okay. Um, it is a lovely manual. I would say it's only second to the Civic in terms of how much I've, uh, I like it. And as a car to live with every day, it was flipping fantastic. Uh, let me just run through the uh, highs and lows. Uh, that'll be short because there are a lot of highs. Uh, let's see, talking about Supra. The manual is super. The clutch is super easy to do. It's a little heavy, but you could live with it. The new suspension or whatever to retune they've done to it, superb. Really great. The Civic had a lot of modes and they could get really sh- sharp and stiff at the top end. Supra, nothing. I think you could put it into sport, but the regular suspension is good enough most of the time. Also, with the manual, they've really thought about it. So it's not, you know, in the way of like uh, a compartment or a cubby where you keep your coffee or whatever, which is typically mm. the case of like a Mazda MX-5. But this one, actually, everything's off to the side. It's quite clever. It's very intuitive. It's very, very nice to drive. Um, on the downsides, same old Supra stuff. There isn't a lot of space in the boot. There isn't a lot of storage anywhere, really. And at the absolute limit, it gets a bit weird. So when you're going absolutely flat out, the suspension pole goes a bit back and forth. You could fix it by changing the shocks, but why would you? Um, I think it's a car that's a little challenging if you're not a really, really good driver. So most people will enjoy it 80% of the time, but if you go at the limit, be aware. However, it is absolutely the manual coupe I would buy right now with my own money. Wow. Okay. There you go. I'm <laughs> now looking a, forward yeah, to getting into it review, in uh, two it? weeks' time. So... Um Honestly, everybody in a couple of weeks, I yeah. think, I mean, people complain about manuals, right? Oh, it's so difficult to drive. Mm. So you could leave this in second and just loaf around, mince around in traffic. Nothing. It's like it's like an automatic. Yeah. Does it does it have the throttle blip? 
No, no. No, it doesn't. Nice. Nope. Thank you. That's but good. it does have rev matching. And I thought, <laughs> okay. Oh, oh okay. I, so it's got the rev matching, yeah. I've got a hero driver. I don't need to rev match, right? Actually, it's better with the rev matching because it does some stuff when you're shifting to basically yeah. smooth out the clutch throttle inputs. Yeah. So it is actually really easy and intuitive. There I can't say enough nice things about it. Well, I think you go. Mm. Uh, so, Noel, you've been... At the other end of the scale, Cadillacing. Yeah, slightly different. <laughs> the XT5. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect with this. Um, Cadillacs to me are always big, huge saloons or mm. massive SUVs, and this is a mid-size SUV, right? Yeah. So, yeah, didn't really know what to expect. Actually, I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, I mean, I've got to say that the the quality levels are now up back up there with what they should be you remember the Cadillacs yeah. of the old days were, just didn't have that that finish to them uh, yeah lovely really nicely done uh, fantastic interior super comfortable big boot as well um, I would say it's about Velar sized I would guess is, is probably about probably okay. about the yeah. sort of equivalent uh, I would guess um, V6 uh, really nice really smooth V6 and 9 speed automatic 9 okay. 9 speed yeah. and, and yeah. very very and it shifts Lovely, really, really good car. Um, you you actually forget that it's changing gear. Mm. It was that smooth. Um, so it's it's it does what uh, what Cadillac always say they're yeah. going to do. They really smooth, really comfortable, um, and good looking car as well. Um, and it was bright, uh, like mid metallic blue. I like the design language of the Cadillac at the moment. Mm. Really, they're looking edge, good, edgy aren't stuff. They? Yeah, uh, yeah. And this will be one of their last combustion cars because they're going full EV. Why? The, the, yeah. the Lyric yeah, yeah. is coming Why next. Why are they doing that? Honestly, I mean... The Celeste is well, after that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. question, but... They make a great car. The CT4V, fantastic mm. yeah. car. They make the CT6, CT6V, I think hopefully I got the right. Yeah. But they get all these cars and they don't bring them in manual out here. I think the CT4 does come on special order. But people buy these things. They're I'd, going mm. away. I drove the manual CTV and it was just one of best things fantastic yeah, I can imagine. How, yeah, was it yeah, really yeah. good it was amazing because um, uh, it reminded me of the the old what we call there the 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 cv8 chevrolet from yeah. going lumina from years ago similar similar power train yeah. made in australia oh, yes. here, here we go 6.2 liter supercharged v8 six-speed manual i was in heaven <laughs> uh but anyway that was that was then this is now um but the yeah i mean just going quick mm. very quickly back to the xt5 it's um i, I think it's a great family car if you yeah. and it's big enough. If you've got a couple of kids uh, and you want to chuck everything in the boot, it's. And I think I think the UAE cars are getting smaller. I think people are over this huge, are we just huge getting cars now. Or yeah, because there's just no space. You know, it's getting busy out there. The roads are busy. There's more and more people coming in. I, I think this is a really nice sized car for that segment. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, if it's on you, if if you're looking for that mid sized SUV, stick this on the list to go and look at. Very, very nice. Absolutely, and it's a car that kind of. When you're talking about SUVs, you don't think Cadillac, do you? No, no you don't. the cracks, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you think like big luxury saloons and, yep. and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, but you yeah. shouldn't. You know. Or Volvo XC60s or something mm-hmm. similar. Yep. But actually, I think these are cars that are sort of should be talked up more, which is why we're here. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. we're doing right now. Yeah, well, there you go. I must, <laughs> get in, I must get back into one. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, Motor Mania, I'm Damien Reid with you through until midday and I'm joined in the studio, of course, by Yinda Shanjado and Noel Ebden. Now, we're just talking before the break about various cars that we've been driving this week. I didn't get to drive one this week because of uh, various issues. I will. Um, but what I did do is... Uh, uh, 
We were over in Italy a few weeks ago, as I said, with thanks to the Emilia Romagna Tourism Authority, and uh, we checked out some, had an amazing tour through uh, all the supercar companies and, uh, and various other people. And we're going to play that out over the next couple of shows. So, uh, firstly, we went up to uh, Lamborghini and had a look through the uh, the Lamborghini Museum. Now, Lamborghini um, have a, uh, a car in there that was made specifically for this region. And so I had a chat with uh, uh, Isabella Franchitti from the museum. She knows the history about Lamborghini inside and out. Uh, we talked about a lot of things, but my first question to her was, well, firstly, obviously, why did Ferruccio Lamborghini decide to make sports cars? Very passionate about mechanics. He was a very humble man, very humble origins, and his first business was actually a tractor business. And with that business, he became wealthy enough that he decided to buy himself a 250 GT, so a Ferrari. But according to him, his Ferrari had the problem because the clutch used to break all the time. So one day, he decided to replace the clutch from his Ferrari with one of the clutches from his tractors. And for him, it was just a very innovative solution. The car was so much better that he decided to go top this with Enzo Ferrari himself, who at the time, of course, was already a legend. We're talking about uh, 1963. Enzo Ferrari didn't want to listen to Ferruccio Lamborghini, and he told him, don't do that ever again on my cars. Okay, my cars are absolutely perfect. I don't need you to work on them because you know nothing about cars. So go back to your tractor business and live to win the world a super sports car. And Ferruccio Lamborghini was a very stubborn man. And while he was heading back to Renazzo, which is his hometown, not far from here, he decided to stop here because he saw that they were selling this to them. So he stopped here, he bought this land, and he founded Automobili Lamborghini here in Sant'Agata Bolognese, again, 1963. And just a year later, uh, 1964, the 350 uh, GT was already in production. So the very first one in production, not the very first one designed, but still the first production of Automobili Lamborghini. Amazing. So the legend was born with that. Then the Mira came out, which is one of the most beautiful cars ever. But you have the LM002 here, the SUV. Now, obviously, that was a car that was made actually for the Emirates and for the Middle East. Just very quickly, how did that come about? M002, absolutely incredible car. All the features of the car were meant for the Emirates, of course. It was just a military version of the Cheetah prototype that was presented about 10 years before, so 1977 when we launched the Cheetah, 1986 instead when we launched the LM002, which had an incredible success. 301 units, the one that we have over here, the very, very last one, 301, with the, the only one with the driving on the right side. Even if Every single feature of that car was meant for the Emirates. That one was meant for the UK instead, yeah. Because it became a, a status symbol, of course, and yeah, then that was effectively the father of the Eurus that we know today. A father, mother, as you may wish, of the American Hammers and also of our beautiful V8 SUV Urus. Yes, that was Isabella Franchitti from, uh, from, from Lamborghini talking about the... Uh, well, the history of Lamborghini and the, uh, the the 002, and of course, as you said there, it was because um, Ferruccio Lamborghini, tractor manufacturer, mm. um, the clutch dropped out of his 250 GDO. He put the, the clutch from his tractor into it, and it worked better. And, <laughs> I love uh, that story. And Can so we good. just get her to present the show, by the way? <laughs> she got that information across really quickly and really well. I think we should bring it to you. Fantastic stuff. And then, of course, yeah, the 002. Now, when she said that that car is not the one they have here, the reason why is because so they made 300 cars, and then they were asked to make one more right-hand drive for the UK market for a, a, a very wealthy individual at the time um, who was wealthy when he ordered the car, not so wealthy when it came time to collect the car. So he never collected the car. Was he and ever wealthy? Maybe, it, maybe it not, scam. but it's a, it's a, it's a, a, it's a, it's a zero kilometre. It's the only right-hand drive 002 that we understand, oh, wow. um, and they've kept it in the, in the museum. So that was there. Now, of course, 
It was meant to be the Cheetah. Lamborghini back in the day was owned by Chrysler. So they, that was the, the idea initially was a military vehicle and they were going to put a Chrysler V8 engine into it. Um, they only finished, they, they made a prototype, never tested it, uh, it by the US military. And uh, then they made the 001, the first production gun, which had an AMC V8 engine into it, put, put into it didn't quite work out so the 002 was eventually said look let's just put the Quantage engine into it we've got it there and it was also mid-engine originally now it's front engine with the 002 um, and it was launched and uh, primarily for here and as Naz Chowdhury said before he's owned two of them and a set of tyres of Pirelli Scorpions that were made specifically for it 175,000 dirhams now for a set of tyres Affordable. And you've driven one, no? I drove Naz's car before he owned it. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarrely. And to talk about Dubai being a small place. What's it um, like to drive? Uh, heavy, a bit like a tractor. Um, it's not, uh, yeah. Is it I, quick? No. And only, I, can, can I just point out <laughs> yes. here that only an Italian company, probably on a Friday afternoon, could go, what should we do with this military vehicle? I know, let's put a countash engine in yes. it. <laughs> That's <laughs> the most Italian thing ever. Yeah. I know. And it's, uh, you know, they, 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 of course, that became the father of, so the, the Urus came out. Urus now is... is, is uh, is uh, half the production now of the entire and Lamborghini factory. Aren't they? I mean, just I mean, they've literally they've doubled the size of the, the fact. Last time I was over there, they were building the Eurus uh, factory, and uh, it's now the same size as the rest of the Lamborghini factory because it's half it's it's half of the volume of everything else that they produce. So Crazy. it's you know, and this is the thing people talk about: uh, why would companies go and build these big SUVs? The reality is, is it's the uh, the volume of those. Allows them to build the the fun stuff and the and yeah. the eye candy that we all see at at, at uh, concourses and and mm. things like that. That's the way things are right but now. But you know, credit to Lamborghini for actually building the Urus in Sadakata with all the other cars. Right, because I look at think of a few other brands, Land Rover, who makes the Defender in Slovenia and places like. That. And I think the cars need to be built next to the fun stuff as well for mm. that sort of DNA to cross pollinate through. Yeah, and and it, it all comes out of one. Still, every every Lamborghini still comes out of one factory. And that's something you can't say with 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 a Not lot of too other. Not many these days, mm. right? No, so yeah. still coming out of there. Um, speaking of uh, of uh, obviously, Lamborghini is owned by the Volkswagen Group. So slightly related to all of that is news came out this week that uh, Croatian hypercar brand Rimac Automobili. Now, of course, they are they're the, they're the new owners of Bugatti, which was part of the VW Group. So there's the very tenuous link. Um, but they've, <laughs> that was tenuous. Yeah. <laughs> but I found it. You did, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so uh, Rimac has appointed Al Habtur Motors here as the official partner for the UAE. Uh, so we'll be, they're going to be looking after Rimac's sales and after-sales operations in the Emirates. Their new model, their latest model, the, the Navara, it's all electric, designed and engineered and manufactured in Croatia. Uh, it produces 1,914 horsepower, so I'm told, mm-hmm. four bespoke electric motors in there, zero to 100 kilometres an hour in 1.81 seconds. Zero to three hundred kilometers an hour in nine point two two seconds, mm. and uh, they'll be in uh, their new showroom that will be opening in the first quarter of next year here in Dubai. Yeah. Now I've got there's a nice segue here because Mister mm. Remak himself was in town last week. Yes, because I went to the Bingatti Bugatti. Yes, uh, of course. Launch, yes. which uh, yeah, basically a new fancy, very very fancy apartment building where you can park your supercar 
in your apartment. This is the Bingatti yes. uh, real estate development exactly. that's badged with Bugatti. Bugatti Bingatti. It's, it's very confusing. But, yeah, tell yeah. us about that. That was that – was this is, what, the most expensive bit of real estate now, is it? Little, yeah, I mean, it's um, – I did pricing wasn't revealed at the time, actually, at the, at the thing. But this it was at the Coca-Cola Arena. There was that many people mm. there. There was real estate agents from all over the world there. Um uh, Mate Remack was there as well, Mr. Bingatti as well. They revealed the building and uh, <laughs> they, they showed a picture of the building with supercars in the apartments. And of course, every single one was a, a Bugatti, of, of course. course. Of course. Um, and there was a line, a beautiful line, which we'll put up on social media because I videoed it, of uh, I think seven or eight. Uh, Bugattis all in a line parked outside of, of people who popped down to the event. It was the mo- it was There's the most nowhere ridiculous. else you could, you, exactly. could, you could do that, is it? The most ridiculous Where valet parking they're not, ever. Yeah. They're not cars put out by the dealership or by the importer nope. brought them in, but they're just owners who turned up exactly. with their Bugattis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know the business breakfast, breakfast covered off, and I think the agenda also covered off the, the real estate side of mm. things with that with that uh, uh, complex. But it's the first time now, obviously, that, that Bugatti have gone into yep. that area of the market. Mm. Um, seven hundred and fifty million dirhams for the penthouse. Yes, or is it the penthouse, or is this? Well, the- there's an, actually a number of penthouses which I couldn't quite <laughs> get my course. head around. But I mean, that's uh, ridiculous yes. money. But I mean, the building itself is, I mean, stunning-looking building, and it's all kind of offset and very, very edgy design, which Bengati is known for. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the wraparound views, and yeah, I mean, for me, I wouldn't be looking at the views; I'd be looking at my car parked in my apartment. <laughs> but uh, um, this, I mean, it's an old. I know the idea has been done before in Hong Kong, but uh, but this is the first time in the UAE that you can put your car in your apartment. Do they do they put do they put a caveat as to Drip what trees. sort of car you can oh. put in there? Could you put you put your Wrangler in there because you, you, your Bugatti is over in Italy right now? Being, That's a good question. You know, yeah. You, your daily. They, I don't think they do that, but I would have no? drip trays for my cars because <laughs> they would just be dripping oil from the elevator all the way into the living Can room. Can I just point out, I don't think Bengati and Bugatti are aiming at us. I, I think really? the three of oh. us are not probably no. on the list. No, not with our leaky cars. Speaking of, of, of that style of concept, there was a... Uh, there's a a guy in Melbourne, Australia, who has just moved into into his apartment, and he's with or without wife. <laughs> I'm not sure, um, <laughs> but he's he's see where we're going with this. He's yeah. elevated his McLaren P1 GTR up into the living room on about the 44th floor or something like that, because he can't drive the car there. It's left hand drive. It's mm. a it's a very very expensive car in that part of the world. Mm doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He hasn't driven it for about two years. So he said, well, I'm going to put it into my apartment. So, um, Which makes more it sense. Stopped. It stopped. <laughs> it, it made big news because it actually had to close down some of the major streets in Melbourne to get this crane to lift this thing up 45 wow. floors to uh, to drop his... Can you um, imagine how nervous the crane operator was? Yes, exactly. Can, can you imagine can you, the insurance? Well, I was just about to say that, yeah. And they could have just called They could just called Bingatti and got them to build them a... Exactly. He could have, he could have built his own building with his with a lift. Yeah. What to do. There you yeah. go. Uh, there is a Dubai-registered uh, McLaren P1 floating around Melbourne too. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Uh, um Yes, I can't reveal the owner, unfortunately. I was yeah. just about to, but I better not. Anyway. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> mention that. No. Yeah, cut, cut, cut. This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. The UAE's number one talk radio station. Yes, welcome back to Motor Mania. With me, Damien Redden. I'm joined by automotive journalist Imtis Angiato and Noel Ebden. And a quick shout-out, big thanks to Finn, who's uh, texting. Morning, guys. Love your program. And uh, Imtis Shan's comments. I don't know, Finn, what did Noel do to upset you? Um but uh, yeah. I've been left off. I don't yeah. mind. That's fine. Listen, I'll take that, the compliment when I get it. It doesn't happen once a year. That's okay. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it's good to know we've got some we've got some great listeners Thanks in this one. Uh, now we've got the inside track on the uh, region's first ever homegrown motorsport reality TV show that's been revving up audiences right across the Middle East. Uh, start out with the hundreds of hopefuls to just four final contenders, and this competition has been uh, well, it's been pretty hectic from what I hear from start to finish. So today we're sitting down with the newly crowned champion, the unstoppable Brendan Hancock, um, and the masterminds behind this groundbreaking uh, academy, um, uh, Jack Brent, Managing Director at Alpha Tame Toyota and Lexus, and of course Brendan Hancock, the winner and Alpha Tame Toyota Gazoo Racing Off-Road Ambassador for 2023. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you in the studio. Uh, firstly, Jack, we'll, we'll, we'll come to you. Um, Tell me firstly, how did this come about? What, what inspired the creation of, of Alpha Tame Toyota Motorsport Academy, uh, and, and how does this how does this align with the, with the wider picture with with it, with um, Alpha Tame and Toyota? Yeah, I mean, you've been involved obviously with you know off road riding or driving uh, with Alpha Tame and obviously Toyota specifically, and well known in the region for that. Uh, and we've been involved with motorsport for quite a while, and especially in the region in the last year or so. So we were involved in Abu Dhabi Desert Classic and obviously the Dubai uh, Baja. And this was an opportunity for us to kind of extend the platform, you know, broaden the appeal and, and attract um, participants from, you know, the general public, which you'd never, ever get the chance to possibly partake in a motorsport event. So it was a great opportunity, you know, get people to enter, get people to get involved and be involved and get them to be exposed not only to the brand, but also to the whole experience of, uh, you know, driving off-road and learning about motorsport and how the whole process works. Yeah, because I remember you guys started off with the 86 series years ago, and that was a great way to get new people into circuit racing for the first time. Um, very successful, and obviously 86 series around the world now just kicked off. It's a, it's a, it's a great way. So Toyota does have a history of, of getting new people into, into motorsport. Uh, but how did this the, the selection process for this academy come about? I mean, you had, what, 1,200 applications, I believe? Yeah, you know, we went out online and obviously uh, developed a few promotions to, to get the entries or whatever. But I must say we were overwhelmed by the response in a <laughs> relatively short period of time. So, yeah, we got, what, yeah, we got 1,200 entries in, you know, as soon as we, almost as soon as we went live. So the interest was amazing and obviously thanks to everyone that entered. Did you ever go, Noel? Did you? No, but I, saw, I, tell you, I tell you what, the, um, the billboards you had up for it were uh, pretty spectacular with the car bursting through the dunes yeah. and stuff. That looked amazing. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, I was going to, I did think about doing it, but uh, unfortunately not. Missed, no. it. Missed the cut. So. No, off-roading. Uh, That's Indichan's area, Indichan. isn't it? Yeah, Which, yeah. As, yeah. The, as the resident Land Cruiser owner, I definitely should have been there. But I looked at the physical proponents of it, and I was like, nope, nope, not happening. <laughs> there are many, many more successful candidates, and we're sitting right next to the one who won. And, 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 and it was too, it's too new for Indichan, to be fair. Those cars are modern oh, cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah so they're quite modern. Couldn't have him in the desert in one of those. Don't have any so. carbs or oh, anything. There's no oil dripping don't anywhere. Don't talk your Land Cruiser down. It can do anything, <laughs> um, as, as all Land Cruisers do. So speaking of which, uh, uh, Jacques, what, what were the vehicles that featured in, in, the, in the process? Yeah, we used um, predominantly Land Cruiser in the event, um, uh, the new brand new Land Cruiser 300. So, you know, suited very much for the what we were asking it to do. And obviously, you know, um, even with the competitors, a lot of them for the first time in the vehicle, I think they got pretty used to, you know, kind of the whole experience and all the technology that supports it. Not quite to the level of your vehicle, where you still need a bit more of the driving ability, um, but they did a fantastic job. Fantastic. And now, um, uh, Brendan Hancock, 
you're the lucky man. You've, or no, I shouldn't say lucky, because you, you you had to get through to win this win this. So congratulations, Thank my Brooke, on, much, on the win. Um, fantastic uh, experience it must have been for you. But uh, how did you first hear about this? In fact, uh, Damien, you can say I'm quite lucky to win because uh, I didn't <laughs> enter the competition. My younger brother entered the competition, <laughs> and uh, he sent the link over to me, and he said to me, Brandon, you know what? You should enter this as well. You're quite a lively guy. You should give it a go. You beefed up. You can do this. I said to him, No ways. Toyota's just harvesting information and they're going to just market you um, eventually he got a call to say you've been selected and uh, he said okay well do you want to come with and see what's going on I went with for the day to see what's going on and um, one of the other contestants had pulled out so I was fortunate enough lucky enough to get an opportunity to to partake and compete so yeah what a great I feel story. very proud yeah. and privileged to have gotten the opportunity <laughs> a real Cinderella story yeah. absolutely exactly. yeah. Accid- accidentally ends up in a car and when it wins it yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lesson for the kids yeah no, show ne- up never, yeah. Turn, never turned out an opportunity um, <laughs> so <laughs> So you're going to race uh, half of it and he's going to race the other half? Or how's, how's this going to <laughs> work out He's quite jealous at the moment, but I have to give a <laughs> shout out to my brother, Kevin. Thank you so much for taking me with, bro. <laughs> what was, um, I mean, it must have been some some amazing stuff happening behind the scenes to, to, to get through the process. What was some of the more memorable uh, incidents or, or events that, that happened when you went through this whole process? Yeah, you're so right, Damien. The whole event was memorable. I encourage everyone to, to go ahead and, and enter for next year. Um, but for me personally, it was the cutoff for the top 16. Right, the top 16 from there, the top five got to go to the Abu Dhabi Desert uh, Classic. And going there and seeing the behind the scenes, seeing what really goes into the whole event, meeting the drivers, meeting the, the mechanics, the, the guys that are all around the show, it's it's phenomenal experience. The other thing I, I will take away is I always thought it was a myth. But I saw one of the mechanics under the car and he was using a screwdriver and he had the plastic end in his ear and he was using it like a stethoscope, like a doctor of the car, you know, really to listen to all the finer ticks. So for me, that was by far the most memorable experience of the whole whole event. Well, when you're out there, Noel, isn't it? I mean, you and in the show, you guys know you, but you don't always have the resources around. You do have to do a bit of, uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of on the spot kind yeah. of kind of stuff there. I mean, have you had what was your, your experience before this? Have you taken part in any kind of motorsport or off roading or none at all? I've got friends involved in <laughs> motorsport, so a lot of my mates have given me <laughs> tickets, and I always go watch them and support. So I've always been on the grandstand and sideline. I guess it is you know suited for the role because that's what I'm doing. I'm going out and representing the brand. Um, in terms of Dubai, I got here and I was very fortunate enough to be invited out to the desert and go and do a bit of dune bashing. And uh, yeah, that's where it kicked off. You know, you really get addicted to it. It is such a fun experience. It's an amazing experience to go out there and, and drive in the desert. How, how, well, yeah, I mean, driving in the desert, obviously you're in the, the, new, the LC300 Land Cruiser, I guess. What was your experience like? Have you driven the Land Cruiser before? And, and what was what compared to what you normally drive, how was, how was all that? Always been a Toyota fan. Yeah, yeah. Jock will, will back me up. Coming from South Africa, Toyota is the brand yeah. above all. I mean, if you've got one, it's more than just having a Toyota. It's actually status. Um, so I've driven the FJ Cruiser before, and yes. that was a phenomenal vehicle in the desert. And then prior to that, nothing. Really nothing. So to, to experience the new Land Cruiser in the desert, it's, it's really, it's an un- unbelievable car. You can go out there and feel safe. You're not going to get stuck. You, you can crawl out, literally crawl out of any situation. And uh, yeah, it's a great car to drive. Yeah. Well, like, like yourselves in, in Australia, we, we, the Land Cruiser is, is, is an icon of the, of the outback and of the desert. And we've got communities out there who don't refer to cars, as we call them utes, they call them pickups here. You guys call them backies, but they don't refer to them as those. They just go, it, it's the Toyota. 
doesn't matter what the brand is. I had a, a, a farmer, a friend of mine, who had a, who bought a, a another brand, um, um, you, and he goes, "I just call it Toyota because that's what we've had for, for <laughs> that's what my dad had." You know, that's what they are. But getting back to you, Jack, I mean, in terms of getting the cars set up, was there any major modifications or what, in order to make the cars ready for the process? Yeah, I mean, we did equip them, you know, with all the necessary recovery gear. Obviously, just given the the, the tests we put the contestants through. Uh, we did put a small lift kit on them just to make them, you know, more suitable for some of the dune driving that was that was done. Uh, but overall, we generally left them, you know, pretty close to standard. So no major modifications, and you know, they came through with flying colours. Amazing work. So, they, but they they come standard, is that right? With the uh, with the um, tyre pressure in, inflation kit and that sort yeah, of not, thing. Yeah, not not uh, not the Land Cruiser things like FJ Cruiser. Okay, the FJ yeah. Cruiser does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Well, um, uh, amazing. Where does it go to from from now? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Probably the one I get more than <laughs> more than anything else, <laughs> apart from the fact where do I enter? Um, but yeah, I think you know from a format perspective, um, we got, we got a lot of a lot of requests and a lot of inquiries around. You know, maybe we should take this onto the track. There's a, you know, as you said earlier on around the eighty six cup. I think there's a lot of interest for track driving. So that is an opportunity, and we're looking at that quite carefully. And I think not that it broadens the appeal, but it does bring a different dynamic into it and obviously also gives us a whole new experience from a driving skills perspective and, and obviously come up with whole new challenges for the contestants. So we, you know, looking at that as an opportunity going forward. I could see – I mean, just going back to what we were just saying before, I could see this working in other markets as well. I could see this as uh, like in Australia we've got the Fink Desert Rally, which is which is similar to, to the Abu Dhabi Desert Challenge. You guys have, uh, have the, the, the similar events in South Africa. I mean, I'm, I know – I'm sure Toyota Australia and Toyota South Africa would like this would be something that would, that would work for us. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think it would be a cool uh, competition between the two continents. Yeah. <laughs> Could I ask quickly ask uh, Brandon if you were looking at contestants for the next academy, if it happens, hopefully it happens. Wink, wink. Uh, what tips and tricks would you have for people as the winner? As the winner, I would definitely say have a lot of self confidence. You need to, you know, be confident in yourself. Don't be proud. Just be yourself. Um, I think get physically fit. Start going to the gym now. You have a whole year to prepare. So get to the gym. And then, second of all, sit in front of the mirror, get a camera, record yourself, you know, start practicing now. Because uh, between the media challenges and the physical fitness challenges, those are by far the toughest. Yeah, really? yeah, more than the driving. Yeah, more than the driving. The driving wow. is a test of you know self control. Are you able to stick to below a certain speed? Hmm. They weren't asking you to go full out and flat out. They're asking you to control yourself. You know, just like a real life experience. If you're going out into the desert, you can't just go really quickly. I mean, you have to take your time and analyze what you're doing. Yeah, you should. Amazing stuff. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motor Mania on Dubai I 103.8. Yes, welcome back to Motor Mania. I'm Damien Red, taking you through until midday. And, of course, I'm joined in the studio with Noel Emden and uh, Inter Shanjado. And, of course, uh, joined by Jacques Brands, Managing Director at Alpha Tame Toyota and Lexus. And uh, Brendan Hancock, the winner at Alpha Tame Toyota, Gazoo Racing Off-Road Ambassador for 2023. Uh, we're talking about the motorsport, the first motorsport reality TV show in the region. Um, and... Uh, Brendan, just as we uh, just before we went off air, you're talking about the physical side of things in terms of how do you get physical. I mean, you're a, you're, you're a very fit looking guy. I can Thank see you. from here, you know. You, 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 <laughs> Thank you very you, much. You've seen a gym or two, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. um, so, 
Tell me the, about the physical side of this process and, and what you had to go through. So look, the physical part of it is quite extreme. Even for someone like myself who does go to the gym on a regular basis, I try and get there as much as I can. Uh, it was still not enough. They push you and try and, and break you to a good limit. And uh, it's a lot of push-ups. You get told like, get to 500 and it's impossible, you know? And then there's the things like the squats. You have to do a, a good couple of squats. So I would definitely recommend to people who want to try out for this, get physically in shape for the event. Um, apart from the physical challenges, there was challenges in the desert itself. So they would get a car stuck and ask you, okay, this car's got a, a flat tire. You need to remove it and put it back on in under five minutes. Wow. And your head is playing with you like, oh my gosh, where do I start? You know, I've changed many wheels on the side of the road coming yeah. from South Africa. You know, it's laden with potholes. But, <laughs> but, but, but out in the desert, it's a different, different demon out there because, uh, you know, the tire's flat. Once you take it off, you have to dig more sand away to put the full tire back on. Yes. Yeah, very yeah. challenging. Very See, challenging these are experience. things a lot of people don't think about when they go out into the desert, right? right the yeah. fact is it's a full-size wheel. You can't put a space saver on it. You've <laughs> got to get out and you've got to get home. Um, soft sand, where to find a, a jacking point in the sand, um, whether you use the airbag with the exhaust airbag that a lot of people do or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, the physical size of the wheel – and to get that move, I mean, was it was it harder than you expected? Much harder than I expected. You know, nothing can prepare you for this. Um, all I can say is just give it your all. Have your self confidence and give it your all, and, and you should persevere. Have a little bit of practice. Go out into the desert and yeah, enjoy enjoy the motorsport scene. That's what it's about. Really. Yeah. What about the hydration side of things out there? Obviously, in the sun, lots of water provided for you. But uh, in terms of getting the challenge done in time versus drinking water, you've got to really plan that properly. <laughs> There's no time to stop and open your water to have a sip. You've got to get done. Is it still competitive? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Jacques, I mean, you hinted, you hinted before about future from here, but what, what, where, where are we are now? Where are we now for for season two? Is there a season two? Yeah, I mean, we are definitely looking to continue our involvement with motorsport. Obviously, you know, we we are and remain involved with things like the Abu Dhabi Desert Challenge and obviously the Dubai Habaha. Uh, and we're looking to, uh, as we've been talking, you know, looking to extend the Motorsport Academy into a next, uh, another event in another year. So it's a great opportunity for us to broaden the appeal, you know, get more people involved, not only with the brand, but also turn them into brand ambassadors and, and get to experience it from, you know, kind of the participants' point of view, not necessarily our particular point of view. So it's a great platform for us and we're looking to capitalize on it. Yeah. So so how can uh, can people get involved in this uh, is a matter of just, I mean, how, how does the application process go? Yeah, I, th I mean, more or less the same timing um, as we had, um, obviously, this year. So early early on next year, we'll look to go live with the with the platform and the promotions and then, you know, take the opportunities to enter. Make sure that, as Brandon said, <laughs> that you're ready for it, all the challenges. He didn't touch on all the media challenges. I think for a lot of people, that was also pretty in intimidating and daunting to go through that experience of being recorded on camera and, you know, having to... Uh, to to convey obviously your your particular involvement or your feelings about the event etc. So yeah, quite a few challenges to go through. Not only the physical side of driving, but uh, also all everything around it. It's media. It's very important. You've <laughs> you've got to be able to answer the question correctly and thank the sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing pretty well at that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, 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 Brett, you, you, let's face it, you're becoming a local celebrity now. Let's let's just put it out there right now. So <laughs> how are you going to take this forward from from here? What's 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 in it for you as the uh, as the ambassador for this year? 
Yeah, they've got a lot of uh, things planned and prepped for me. I haven't been briefed. You know, it's really on the spot. Uh, Brandon, you're going to go do this. You must do this. So uh, I just plan to hold the, the name high. You know, Alpha Tame is a really great group. And uh, Jacques and Mr. Allah, they are really phenomenal people in my life that I've met. And uh, I look up to these guys. And, uh, you know, their support means a lot to me. So I'm going to do everything in my, you know, possible capability to, to get them, you know, as much exposure as possible with regards to this uh, event and, and to the motorsport itself. You got the keys to some nice Toyotas coming up? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> oh, here, we, here we go. Well, that's what it's yeah, about, isn't it? Absolutely. You want to get, get behind the wheel and right, enjoy I'm entering. It. I'm entering. Right there. <laughs> I'd like to see him fit into the manual Supra. <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> Very cramped, though. You mean you'd like to see me fit into the manual Supra? Yeah, that's a different story. So, where can we watch it? Where can we see this? Yeah, I mean, we... Um, we did record it. We obviously, you know, kind of a little bit of a foresight by the team to make sure that we recorded the all the the trials that, as we started the whole process. So the team managed to put together a good show, and then we had some great um, producers and directors with us that you know managed to get it into um, a couple of episodes, nine episodes in total, uh, and it was streamed um, on Shade and it got a good few million views so really really worked uh, pretty well for us from a platform perspective so he's probably more famous than he thinks he is at the moment <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's also out there on YouTube uh, with also quite a few million impressions so it's it's really getting a lot of traction um, and obviously you know beyond the, all the people that participated in the event and we had like 150 people that went through the actual you know course etc um, you know, it also broadened it from the ability to watch exactly what these guys went through and what and what they needed to endure, you know, to mm. a broader population. So I think that's also what's driving up the interest for next year. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, the, the Shahid app obviously goes right across the MENA region, North Africa as well, the, through the through the Levant region as well. So uh, some 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 good exposure there for for, for you guys. Yeah. Uh, fantastic stuff. Well, looking forward to seeing it uh, seeing it pop up for for, for next season. No, you get your sharpening your pencil. You're going to yeah, sign up I that application. Now. I'm not sure. I'm a bit worried about the physical challenges. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, the Shan, you're going to give it a crack. No chance. I, I look at this gentleman. I think I've lost before I begin. But I heartily congratulations to the next winner, whoever he or she is. Excellent. Uh, well, look, thank you so much, gents, for uh, for, for joining us this morning. Um, fantastic initiative by by Toyota and Alpha Team to to, to to breed motorsport, get motorsport grassroots happening and get people aware of, of uh, the fantastic motorsport outlook that we have in this region. And um, look forward to seeing you guys can carry this baton on for, for 2023. Good. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much Thanks very Thank much. Thank you for having us. No problem. Well, well, that's about all we've got time for on uh, on, on Motormania this morning. Uh, gents, thank you so much. Noel, Noel quite very quickly. You've got some uh, big, yeah, big shout out to Michael Dunlop, who oh, yes, unofficially yes, broke the Man. Isle of Man track record. Unofficial because it was during practice. Mm. So, uh, but 135.531 miles per hour, 37 miles through villages, and that includes a first gear corner. These guys are nuts. Yep. I mean, the Isle of Man is ridiculous. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, no, yeah, most people are nope, nope. (laughs) Also, big shout out to John McGuinness, who broke 130 mile an hour average speed at the age of 51. First man to go over 130. Fantastic stuff. John McGuinness has been at it for a long time. The Dunlop family, obviously with Joey Dunlop and the whole family, are synonymous with uh, Isle yep. Man. Um, great stuff. And uh, and also a shout-out to yourself because you're, re- you're relaunching Bike Middle East. We are, yes. Um, well, we've, well, we relaunched it last month, so uh, check out bikemiddleeast.com. 
Uh, so regional um, motors covering everything from some off-road, of racing, road, you name it, all, all to do with bikes. The biker fans need some media here. They so, do. Uh, I'm, it, hello, I'm waving my hand in the air. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you expect to see some bike reviews coming up on Motomania. Absolutely, yeah. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motomania with Damien Reed. Fix it or flip it. Yeah, so tell us about your car. We'll tell you uh, how much it is worth. How does it work? It's easy. We need the details, many details we can. We need the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage. Send it all to 4001 or via the ARN Play app, or even better, pick up the phone. Give us a call, 04871 The lines are open right now. We're ready to uh, have a chat with you on that one. But, of course, it's not just myself that's doing it. I'm joined, as usual, by automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury. Uh, good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, very well, very, very well. Good to have you back in the studio. Thank you for having me back. Um, now, in the second hour, we get, as I said, we're going to be talking about Lamborghini, yeah. and we're going to be talking about, uh, in particular, amongst other things, but there was a car that was made just for this region. They say the Emirates. I thought it was the Middle East, but they, they're saying it was actually made for the UAE. Um, but you've owned not one, but two of yeah. these cars. As you were making that introduction, I slipped into mild depression with the seller's remorse when I, I had one <laughs> and I got rid of it. It's just... Uh, <laughs> Such a shame. Now that's the LM002. That's right. Yeah, the um, LM002. and it was a it was a um, an off roader powered by a Lamborghini Countach. What yeah. was what was it like? I mean, you you, you got hands on with restoring it and everything else. What was it like? Very hands on. I mean, it's a really rough and rugged car. I mean, Lamborghini's mm-hmm. roots and DNA traced to building tractors. I mean, I, I encourage anyone to look at the story about yeah. how. Um, you know, the owner of Lamborghini bought a Ferrari. He didn't like it. They looked down upon him. He ended up doing it himself and, you know, created the Mew era and all these other beautiful brands. Uh, it's a really interesting story behind the LM002 because it was actually um, a tender for a military vehicle. Yeah, With a that's big right. V8 uh, American lump in the back and never went into production. I'm sure the guys at Lamborghini were looking around going, wow, we have this big, heavy-duty <laughs> chassis. And uh, we have the, I think it was a Countach engine at the time, yeah, 1986, right. 87. And they just lumped it all together and uh, sent it over. Like, absolutely it's a crazy incredible car. I've, car. I've driven one, and it's uh, from massive cars. Not a whole lot of room inside, but uh, they, they made it work. They made one estate wagon with a high-rise for yeah. the Sultan of Brunei. Sultan of Brunei, so. yeah. I mean, the story is, I think they, they came out with around 310 of the other published uh, figures. Um, a good proportion of them went to, there's some pictures going around the internet, a good proportion of them went to uh, Saddam Hussein and his sons, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, they, and they were blown up in the Gulf War. I mean, yeah. the, the, the people sad, screaming we've, we've and crying. Them, yeah. For me, the biggest quirk of this car was um, the tires. They were custom-made Pirelli Scorpion tires. Right. And... Uh, I casually obviously called the tire shops locally. Nobody had them because they had the um, the sand lip on the edge. Yep. Uh, eventually, cut a long story short, 175,000 dirhams with a one and a half year waiting list for four tires. Whoa. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't buy the tires. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pirelli do a production every 10 years, and then there's like a backlog of people who want them. 175,000 dirhams for a, for a set of tires. Yeah. Oh, my crazy. goodness. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I literally cannot afford the tyres on a car. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll come to that in the second hour. Another thing we're going to talk about is that uh, the UAE is witnessing a, a surge right now in new car sales as delivery wait times for popular brands are significantly reduced after that COVID uh, holdback um, from months to now just a few weeks. This is a report that came out in the mm. Gulf News this week. 
banks have experienced a rise in auto loan applications, largely due to really nice financing uh, options there and incentives such as cashbacks to try and get the business in there. Now, additionally, dealerships are also offering complementary insurance, uh, which has played a, a large role in, in, in boosting these sales. Um, However, the delivery wait times for the hybrid and electric vehicles remain long due to obviously massive global demand for, for electric vehicles as per the, uh, the managing director of, of Alpha Tame of Toyota and Lexus. Um, what, what have you seen on the ground in terms of, uh, of this, this, this movement in the, in the balance of, of wait times? Honestly, I think it's, it's been great news for the consumer. I mean, the consumer in general, there's been a lot of pent-up demand. You know, people have been holding on to their cars longer. You know, we saw the car prices increase dramatically off the back of, you know, COVID. Mm. But as the, as the supply chain got eased and as these manufacturers got cars into stock, like you said, and it was the perfect storm with, you know, the finance guys wanting a piece of the action, the insurance guys. So everybody really, it was a perfect storm for, for a good six months of new used car sales. Uh, we have seen the waiting times drop a lot for the new cars. Um, but we've also seen used car prices going up as well, which is interesting. So there just seems to be a lot of demand. Uh, in regards to the hybrids, uh, Alpha Tame are doing some amazing stuff. I mean, they did the pre-launch for the uh, the BYD, the yes, Axel yep, 3. Yep. And uh, speaking to someone there, they had over 100, uh, over 100 people have already put a deposit down. I mean, really? this okay. will be yeah. an entry-level car, which is, I think, 149,000 dirhams, and it mm. competes with arguably the Tesla Model 3. Um, now, what's interesting with Alpha Tame is um, they have the resources and they're planning the infrastructure behind it, right? So one of the things of that like behind, yeah. uh, which is why a lot of people turned, a lot of the manufacturers didn't really focus on hybrids is because we don't have the infrastructure here that we have in other countries. But Alpha Tame um, in their festival plaza have already put up over 30 stations and wow. they're planning to put over a thousand stations by 2030. So having a big brand like BYD, which is, uh, well, they sell more cars than Tesla, right? So that mm. says it all as well as someone like Alpha Team backing them, planning a 1,000 st- stations around the UAE or Dubai by 2030. There's a huge, huge potential for hybrid that's electrics the, in the region. And I think that's where, where, where the infrastructure problem is going to – the answer is going to be. I think rather than sort of saying chicken and egg, waiting for the infrastructure yeah. to happen, and there's, it's the dealerships have to, and the importers being proactive themselves and, yeah. and pushing and say, look, we'll install them. That way we can sell cars. So – that might be the way to go uh, that, that Alpha Team is doing it by, by being by proactive far. and just getting out there and installing their own. They're one of the leaders. Yeah. They've got the real estate, right? They've got one of, arguably, yeah. in my opinion, one of the strongest brands in terms of alternative electric vehicles. I mean, we look at the main German brands and the main, you know, Teslas and manufacturers, but they have, you know, two segments. They have the BYD, which is yeah. the mass market one, and they also have Polestar, right, which that's is right. off the back of Volvo. Yes. And that's going to be a premium. So. Which I drove last week. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover that in, in, the, in the next show. But yeah, so really, Polestar really enjoyed that. They've got both segments, right? Yeah. Polestar 2, lovely car. Uh, right, let's go straight to the lines. And uh, now we've got uh, Muhammad on the line. Uh, good morning, Muhammad. Good morning. Very well, thanks, Muhammad. Yeah, you've got a, uh, a Honda CRV 2018, uh, 96,000 kilometres. Um, what what are your uh, what are you looking to do? Are you looking to to get a price on it? Looking to trade up? Uh, probably trade up because in four weeks' time, I would I would like to change it with a bigger SUV. Okay. So uh, it's a 2018 model. Yeah. So I'm the first owner, and it's fully maintained by the agency. Uh, no accidents. Just few. Standard uh, UAE scratches, 
here and there. They've got a brand, UE Scratches. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here in your um, supermarkets. And yeah, of yeah, course, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, when you say looking to trade up, what what do you think? Are you looking going to a full-size uh, SUV or something just, just a, a little bit larger, a little bit more roomier? Um, I would go for a full-size because, you know, a little bit r- larger would be what, uh, Explorer or Trust? Worse or something like that, but um, mm. I don't know. The, 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 the reason I ask is that um, is that Honda has just released the the ZRV, uh, which is technically a, 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 a model below the CRV. But the way car shapes are getting bigger and bigger, uh, it might actually be just marginally bigger than your 2018 model CRV, and it is brand new technology. And you'll get a, you'll get a, a nice trade in from the guys at uh, as we we're just talking about trading enterprises at, at, who look after Honda um, because it, and it is cutting edge technology. It's just been released in the last uh, the last ten days. Um, yeah. It might be worth just going down and having a look because you know the, the space efficiency now is improving so much with technology that you, you'll get a car that looks similar to yours on, on the outside, but you know, in actual fact, you'll find that it is actually a, a larger car. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, that might be an option. If you are going towards a, yeah, really stepping yeah. up and going, going to going to a, to, a, to a bigger car, then maybe look at something like a Toyota Prado or, or something like that, because again, that's all part of the Alpha Tame family. They might be able to help you out with uh, with, with trade-ins from, from one brand to cross over mm-hmm. to another. Naz, what, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of uh, the options, there's there's a lot out there. Yeah. What you find Loads. is um, a lot of manufacturers have actually had a, a nice little facelift in the past 12, 24 yeah. months. So, yeah. you know, things from, you know, the Nissan X-Trail, the Xterra, the Pathfinder, they've all been facelifted. So whatever you walk into, you're coming into something nice and new. Uh, a nice alternative, and I don't know the prices off the top of my head, is the Honda HRV. And I believe it's slightly bigger than mm. the CRV. Yeah. And it's a fresh new look. I think it's only been out since yep. 2021, 2022. And that's that's something I definitely recommend. It's slightly bigger than the CRV and uh, really nice and modern inside. So yeah. what, would be the, what would be the ballpark value of the one which I'm driving right is now? It a, is it an LX or an EX? It's LX two-wheel drive. LX two-wheel drive. Um, ballpark figure, I'd say... So if you were to sell it yourself privately around 65 to 70,000 dirhams, you know, if you, if you were to go into one of the dealerships and uh, ask for a part exchange or a trade-in or a cash offer, probably five to 10,000 dirhams less than that. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, Mohammed. Thank I, you very much. I had no that's... problem. Wish you the best of the search. I hope that's given you uh, some ideas there. And uh, we've got a, we had a texter during the week on Instagram. <clears throat> And it was James who uh, who found me on Instagram, at Damien Reed, And he said, hey, Damien, really love the show on Dubai Eye. We are expecting our first child in a few months, and we wanted to get tinted windows. Do you have any recommendations to get this done, please? Now, we talked about tinted windows on the on the last program, I think. I about started a bit of deja vu, though. I'm sure we yes. did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and this will take that. <laughs> and this is, this is what uh, – I think this is what got James uh, interested. He said, uh, you, you discussed it before. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on – you know what should I be getting for, as you say, he's, he's he's got his first child on the way. Yeah. Um. And I'll just go back with what I said before, which is that the window tint that that I paid for and used on my cars were the uh, was the three M window tint. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's ninety nine percent UV resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, now, this is a couple of years ago too. I don't know if the laws have changed recently, but I had a, a 100% clear tint on the windscreen. Not allowed. That's a shame because that still blocks out 99% of the UV. So I, with, with my earlier car, that car sat outside all day mm-hmm. for seven years mm. in the sun, yeah. never had a crack with the dash, never had any fading of the That's interior incredible. because of that clear tint and it's completely 100% clear it, you, you, you'd be a, a keen eye to spot it but it's unfortunate that you're saying now that's uh, no uh, well, longer the go I've seen uh, officially the rule is quite straightforward which is mm. no tints on the front window but yeah. nobody talks about the percentages right so yeah. you know most people when they put a tint on the front it's you know the 10 20 30 percent and you know every time you go to the RTA it gets flagged up and it gets removed um I know of many cars with 0% tint at the front that mm. have been done well uh, that go through the RTA with flame colors. Yeah. So it's possible, uh, and it's probably worth it, especially if an expensive car. You know, a lot of these German premium European cars have leather on the dashboard, and, you know, I've seen mm. Maseratis and Ferraris with all the leather on the dashboard all that are curled up on the corners. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it's it? It's a so, standard thing that when, when, I've, when I've bought a car, Within days, if not the same day, mm. I take it straight to my re- regular guy, the window tint guy, yeah, and yeah, just just yeah. go, give me the twenty twenty five percent, whatever it was, on the side and rear windows, yeah. and and the clear on the front 100%. before I even take the car home, because you're, you're just looking after your investment. And with the UV thing, particularly in James's case, with they've got a young child on the way, mm. um, that's so important. And I think that's really important. In the summer, I see kids in in child seats driving around in cars in summer with the windows up and no tint. I know you've got air conditioning, There's but the sun, the, the rays still come through There's the glass and, the, and it's yeah, causing a bit of damage. So definitely. definitely get the windows tinted if you've got a young a young kid and on the get way. get the best quality possible. I mean, yes. you've yeah. seen some of these. Sp- spend on that. Yeah, exactly. You mm. see them, they have these uh, these big red light bulbs, right, and the pieces yeah. of glass on top, and yeah. then you can put your hand on it, and you can actually see the difference in how much heat is transmitted between each pane. So vehicle is another one. that Vehicle is yeah. another one as well, but like – as you said, if you're going to be spending a couple of grand to get it done right, you know, go to Vehicle, go to 3M, go to the one of the big manufacturers because yeah. they will give you the five-year warranty or more uh, against peeling and fading and things like that. And at least with these guys, you know they're going to be around in five years because they've been around for a long time, right? Yeah. I, I actually – I put window tint in this region in the same in the same category as tyres, and that is spend up – spend big because it's a safety issue. Yeah, and it's exactly. also it's also saving your car. It's not it's not a it's not a cosmetic thing. It's definitely not a cosmetic. It used to be back in the day, but not anymore, <laughs> and 90s. not in this region. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the eighties, you know, but but no, definitely. So so James, yeah, thanks for for texting me on Instagram, and um and I'd I'd recommend um the, the, the two tins that I've used personally, three M and and Vehicle. Very, I have I no problem that. with those yeah. for, for for over ten years. Yeah. Um, so I hope that helps. Fix it or flip it. So tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. Give us as much information as you can. The make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage, at the very least. And then on top of that, tell us what you've uh, what you've got there. And uh, and we'll see what we can do to, for you. Um, send it to 4001 or via the ARM Play app or just give us a call 04871 And Naz Chowdhury, who's in the studio, and myself, will do our best to answer your uh, your questions. So uh, get, uh, get uh, on that number and give us a call now because it does get busy, busy in the second half of the show. And uh, we've got a lot of people who do uh, phone us in. Now, to... Uh, <laughs> To back up on that uh, 
that message just before we went to the ad break. Yes, hi, I have a solution for some EV car drivers who are anxious of running out of charge on the road. Um, Carry foldable solar panels to get emergency charge driving for the sunny. That's from uh, Hasnad. Thanks, thanks, Hasnad. And he's particularly aimed that one at uh, Georgia Tolly, host of the agenda, because Georgia's just bought a, uh, a Tesla um, and has, uh, has been talking about it on her program at length about some, some range issues because there's no charging facility uh, where she works or, or, or yeah. resides at the moment, Naz. Um, yeah, so yeah, still, still a little way to go <laughs> with, with getting EVs in the into the psyche. Uh, actually, she ran a poll on the agenda about why people are not getting into EVs as quickly as perhaps they should. And it wasn't actually range anxiety. Number one was the price difference. They're expensive. For now, but yeah, they for now, have of course, dropped. Come down. I mean, mm. you know, up until recently, an entry-level electric car, fully electric, was around 200,000 dirhams. I think mm. now with the BYD, 149. And uh, I think there'll be some of the Chinese uh, manufacturers coming in to try and break that price point to 129 139 um so yeah the the price point has been solved the range anxiety for me will never be solved because like, <laughs> i've driven an electric car and you see, you see the range going dipping below 100 and then you know it says 100 so you think okay i can you know i can go home and back four times yeah but then you put your foot down at traffic and it goes down to 80 that's, real quick. that's right yes and that's yeah. the range anxiety it's not accurate it is accurate it's really good i mean tesla give you all the graphs and the average and instantaneous uh, consumption versus average consumption and peak consumption so you know for all the uh, analytics guys out there it's actually quite interesting you can actually predict it really well yeah somebody- uh, i've noticed too when you get down to like <laughs> really, really low 30 40 kilometers yeah. an hour and, then it's and, to and zero. the air conditioning kicks in <laughs> and you lose five kilometers <laughs> that's the thing right so i mean once that's solved and then the, the, the new car prices are being solved right i mean you know we talked about tesla and there you know the yeah. lfp batteries were the the, the um the more expensive, you know, cobalt and lithium and things like that, the Chinese have got around that. And yeah. You know, they're less precious metals in the batteries. Um, so the range is compromised by 10, 20%. But the the price at which they're able to push these batteries out are like significantly cheaper, right? And, so, and that's the key thing. Once yeah. they get once they get a, the, their head around options for these, for these rare metals, mm. that will be a major breakthrough. That'll yeah. be a major breakthrough yeah. because then – You'll be able to get EVs in much larger numbers with, without impacting the environment. It's interesting to see if uh, I don't know if you've heard a company called Neo. Yes, I know Neo. Yeah, Chinese because, company. Yeah. So, ah, oh, they're doing the hot swap. They have uh, an alternative. The I saw yeah. this last week. This is incredible. So, they have these coffee shops. The best way to describe them is like an Apple store. Mm. And literally, you drive in, go upstairs, have a coffee, drive out, and while you, while you've had your coffee, five ten minutes. They put your car in a lift and swap the battery around. So yeah. it's a subscription model. I mean, that's really interesting, right? So you yeah. buy the car without a battery or with a battery or without a battery, but, you know, four swaps a month or eight swaps yeah. a month. And it's been trialed out in some cities in China. It's doing really well. And let's see if the, there's mass adoption for that here. Amazing stuff. Look, let's go to the line now. And uh, we've got uh, Abdul Jafar. Good, good morning, Abdul. Yeah, hi. Good morning. Ah, How are you? Got you. Well done. Uh, yes, little problem with that. I'm so sorry. Area. I was in lift. Actually, I just entered into a lift. And, uh, phone call. Uh, Abdul, you know, you know, lifts are, are, are they're a vault. They don't work for phones. <laughs> um, so, um, yes. Yeah, so uh, I tell you what, lifts. Honestly, the greatest security measure in the world. Forget about it. It's just just have your meeting in a lift. Um, but anyway, Abdul. So you're looking to flip your car. You're saying you got the Lancer EX two liter. Tell me more about about the car. How how long have you had the car? 
Yeah, so since 2017, I have this car. I uh, I bought it from one of my friends who just bought the car in February, and I bought it from him in April because he had to relocate somewhere. So it was only 900 uh, uh, kilometers uh, on the speedometer which I bought, and I am uh, having this car since 2017 now, and now the mileage is around 104,000. Okay, okay. Okay, uh, and uh, I was thinking to maybe flip it with some other SUV. Yeah, well, we'll put you in touch with our previous caller who's got an Honda CRV. He's looking to sell right now. We, we, we are the automotive matchmakers on this program sometimes. Uh, Naz, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I don't know if you, you, you're in the elevator, so I don't know if you caught the tail end of that. We, we actually read your message out and we were saying around 28,000 dirhams is what you should expect for your car. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, actually, I was. Uh, my expectation is around like twenty-two or twenty-three, maybe. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, these things always sell. There's always demand for a good, yeah. good, clean Lancer. Uh, what's your budget for the four-wheel drive? What are you ex- expecting uh, to pay? I'm around around fifty or uh, like fifty-five. Yeah, I mean, look in that re- in that range. There's a there's a special car, staple car of the region that you can never go wrong with, which is the Pajero. Yeah, um, yeah solid seven-seater, you know, they've taken the bulk of the depreciation now. They've actually stopped doing them as well, right? So Yes, they have. It's finally, finally run its course. all these years, you know, they came out with the signature edition, they put the piano black roof, you know, yeah. the gold badges. They they, they they tried to beautify it on the way out as all, all manufacturers For a long do. time, it was the go-to car yeah. for, the, for the expat when you first land in the country. Get a Pajero and then think about what you want later on. Exactly. And they end up keeping them. <laughs> exactly. So, Abdul Jafar, I honestly think the Pajero is a really, really good shout. I mean, for that price range. Uh, okay, you know, you, you did well with the Lancer. You know, you, you sound like a sensible guy. You bought a, a Lancer, which is very sensible. You bought it one or two years old, which is sensible, and you've you've been good with it. And I think the same applies with the Pajero. You know, you get something a few years old, uh, very sensible mm-hmm. car, very low on maintenance and depreciation, and you're going from uh, Mitsubishi to Mitsubishi as well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll be loyal to Mitsubishi. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that helps you, uh, Abdul, and uh, and 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 uh, yeah. Thanks for getting back to us. <laughs> Thank you so much for your advice. Thank you. Fix it or flip it. Tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth, and this is how it works. We need as much details as we can. We need the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage, any stories, any famous anecdotes, anything you've got, we'd love to know because that all helps with the value of the car and uh, gives us a lot more accuracy in terms of what we can uh, we can guide you along the way with. Send them to 4001 or via the ARM Play app or just give us a call, 04871 Naz Chowdhury, who's in the studio, and myself will do our very best to, uh, to answer those calls. So uh, yeah, do do get on that line because we are getting quite busy now with the uh, with the callers. We're going to go straight to uh, line one, and we've got uh, Imran on the phone this morning. Good morning, Imran. Good morning, boss. How are you? Very well, very well. Thanks. Uh, now I understand you've got a uh, a Prius. Is that right? Yes, Prius Prime twenty twenty two nineteen thousand miles American specs. Okay, and uh, well, yeah. you're, you're looking to sell the car. You're looking to just get get a value trade up. Yes, yes. I already listed it on certain places. I'm getting the offers, but I just want to know what will be the right offer. Okay. Nice. Okay, Imran. Uh, what kind of offers are you getting on the car? Again, sorry? What kind of offers are you receiving? Uh, kind of somewhere around 75, 70, something like this. Uh, yeah. I'm getting now. I mean... Arguably, the car should be worth more. Um, 
Okay. Being an American spec car, you're always going to have that difficulty, right? I mean, I, d- I don't know if uh, they, they have, they don't have the Prius here as a GCC car, uh, do they? No. no I don't not think an anymore. No. Car. It's not an accident car. The history is completely available. Yeah. And it's uh, plug-in plus hybrid plus gasoline, so three fuel options. I'm sure you know this. Of course, that's honestly, in my opinion, that's that's the best of uh, exactly. evolution yeah, at the moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and these cars have been around for a long time, so they've been tried and tested. All the bugs have been ironed out and things like that. Right. Uh, in terms of price, it's just about waiting for the right buyer, really, because. Being an American mm-hmm. spec car, you know, there's always that negative connotation and it's always going to be worth 20, 30% less. There's nothing really to benchmark it. You know, I haven't seen one advertised for a very, very long time. Um, so there's right. just not many available, which also means there's not many people looking for them, right? So, you know, I'd go into alternative advertising as well, you know, social media platforms, local community groups right. and things like that. Um, but, you know, you, sh- you want to put this up at something like maybe 99,000 dirhams and hopefully walk away with uh, somewhere in the uh. mid-80s. It means if someone is offering 90, I should go ahead. Definitely. Right, right, right. <laughs> it looks like you turned down the offer, right? <laughs> the tone in your voice. Will you be interested to buy? Unfortunately, not. My wife will like. I'll be sleeping in I the car. You, no <laughs> I'll be sleeping I in the car if I buy another car. <laughs> Let's start the auction now, exactly. Naz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, look, Imran, I hope that's giving you some, some help, and uh, yeah, well, well, good luck with that one. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. All the best. Now, from one end of the spectrum to the other, we've gone from a Prius now to a Ferrari. 355-1997 model. I had one Stop of these. It. <laughs> Good morning, Raj. My kind yeah, of guy, Raj. <laughs> you've, you, I, just saw the, I just saw the twinkle in Naz's eyes when I mentioned the year. Um, so, so tell me first, tell me more about it. Uh, well, I have this car for more than 10 years and I'm a second owner. And yeah, I just love this car. No plans to sell out. But, but I just want to know the price. Is this worth keeping the car or selling the car? Or what's the price? I'm not much into the uh, used car, but yeah, I just want to know that I keep, whenever I go to my office, I listen to your FM. It's a lovely show. First of all, keep it up, guys. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank and you yeah, And I'd love to know about, um, to have this car. It's manual, by the way, just for the info. Yeah, of course. And it's mm. back, yeah. It, it, so is, is it nice. the, uh, is it the uh, Berlinetta? Is it the open top or the yeah, closed top? Yeah, that's right. No, it's a hard top. It's a manual car, manual transmission, six it, gears. And it's good. And Good service history? Oh, yeah. The whole history. I got a whole booklet, the whole big file. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right. If you ever want to sell this car, <laughs> there's a buyer right now talking to you. <laughs> no, th- these cars are, like, incredible. Like, for me, they, they were, like, you know, the way Ferrari were building cars in those days. It's, they had the test roster. They built the yeah. 348 and then the evolution to the 355. Yours is the later 97 model, yeah. which has the yeah. the better engine management system, the Bosch 5.2 Motronic. So this is like, for me, like automotive I perfection. This is this is this is peak V8 Ferrari for, yeah, as far as I'm 100%. concerned. Because as you would under, as you would you would agree with me, Raj, 100 percent on this one. It's the best sounding Ferrari V8 yeah. engine because they that. They kind of went off the edge after that. It's got a different sing to it. Yeah. And it just really yeah. sings beautifully. It's something to do with the way the crank was designed. Yeah. It was a, it yeah. Was a lighting crank. And it's a manual too. So. I mean, the, the, they, oh, are, just, yeah, yeah. they are... It's some, amazing. There are some common problems with this. So, you know, the, I think it's something to do with the valves and the way the valves sit. Uh, so you get the white smoke. Have you ever had that issue? No, I have no issue with this car being frank with you. Never, ever nice. in my whole life. Because it maintained pretty well, taking care of the car, you know. 
Yeah, no, anything. Service up to every year. I don't drive the car. I've just drive the car in a year, maybe 500 kilometers. In terms of pricing around, you know, if, if you were to ask me about a year ago, um, I would have said just a year ago, I would have said maybe 280, 300,000 dirhams. Uh, today, in the past 12 months, the way inflation like has hit everything, it's really hit classic cars as well. And mm. everything has gone up. I mean, yeah. we were talking about the LM002. That literally doubled in value in the past two years. Uh, a good, clean GCC later model with the later engine management system, 355. Um, you're looking around 400,000 dirhams, if not wow. more, 400, wow. 450,000 dirhams. Wow. Yeah, because um, with all the books wow. as well, you've with got all the records, books, that's all amazing. With manuals, yeah. the same owner for 10 years. I mean, this is a oh. really, really special car. And uh, it, must have like you know? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's only in my opinion, it's only going to go up in value. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Testarossa was a forgotten car here's, for a long time, and that's starting to climb now. Yeah, here's another option, Raj, because you 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 do have such a a, a very special three five five with, as I say, it's gone, it's gone through it with the books and the low kilometers and a manual and a hard top and the whole thing. Haven't I? If if you if you if you're not in a massive rush to sell it, and you might want to get really what the maybe an international buyer might be interested in, wait till the auctions kick around. RM Sotheby's of, are in the are in the region yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, they're looking for they're looking for product. They're going to have. I know they they always have the auction. They'll have one at the end of the year that will, that will kick in with the uh, with the Golf Historic Time. So we're back in winter again. So you know if you if you want to sort of hang around six months or so with the car because now we're going into summer where people are not getting the values um, that they. Do in winter and uh, have a chat with with uh, with Peter Wallman and the guys at RM Sotheby's and and see you know get them to value it and uh, maybe maybe have a shot there because then you're opening the car up to international buyers mm. as well you wow. might you might get, that sounds good yeah it's that kind no of – that's where you are with the car. So, it's, it's you know, it's not a car you'd recommend for – you don't recommend every car for these guys, but you've got one and I think you could uh, you could have a chat with them about. Yeah, I'd love to, love to have an idea. I just know how I'm talking here. Yeah. But, yeah, this start the car. The car has amazing noise, first of all, and it has a capricho exhaust from <sighs> the first owner. And it makes my. I mean, I never think of selling the car, and when I start the car, I don't want to sell the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you I know, see you on the roads, I will pull you over. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I luckily have a good number plate, so it goes with the nice number plate. Number plate is 355, so I got the number 5355. Ah, uh, luckily, very yeah. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so lucky I got that, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a lovely car, but yeah, I'm just thinking to get off, but not much, no plans, but yeah. But thanks for the offer. Thanks for the. Uh, thanks for the. You know, let me know the price. But yeah. yeah, let me in touch with someone if you can give me some idea. Yeah, why not? For sure. And one more thing. And one more thing. If I have, I, I even have a Tesla X, it's 2017 model. Yeah. What do you think the price should be, if you don't mind me asking? Is it, is it the P or not? Does it have the P before the number? Is it the... Does no, it no, it's a normal, it's so a normal just, 100D. Just a normal 100D, 2017. GCC? Yeah. GCC, it has 22 inch rims, it has a top of the range carbon fiber, it has a white interior, it has seven-seater... How many like, how many kilometers did you say? It's around eighty-eight thousand. Eighty-eight thousand. Yeah, eighty-eight thousand. So, yeah, almost. Mm. Because Tesla reduced the prices about five times this year. I mean, these it's things X have. Model, huh? yeah, 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 yeah. Which is also discontinued. I mean, now everyone's talking about the three and the Y and things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six yeah. months ago, this would have been about two hundred seventy-five thousand dirhams. Yes, yes. But yes since yes, all the yes, prices yes. dropped dramatically in the past uh, six months or so. I'd say closer to 220, 215, 220, ah, yeah. 225, unfortunately. Ah, okay. It's just taking a bit of a hit. Mm, I thought so. All right. There you go, Raj. Right. 
All right, right? Yeah, thanks. Let me know. Thanks a lot for your time, guys. I really appreciate it. Keep no it up. Problem. All job, the best. You know? and, uh, happy driving. That no problem, <laughs> All the best. Thank you. Fix it or flip it. So tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. We need the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage, all the information you've got, and then some. Send it to 4001 or via the ARM Play app, or give us a call, 04871 Naz Chowdhury, who's live in the studio, and myself, will do our best to answer your call. And uh, speaking of which, we are going to go straight to the line. Bibbin, thank you so much for, uh, for holding on during the break. Hello, hi. Yeah, good morning. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for holding on. Appreciate that. But uh, you've got, um, uh, you're looking to, you have an MG at the moment that you're looking to, to sell. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, I have an MG, like you said, uh, and this was bought uh, in November of 2020, soon after the uh, pandemic lockdown here in Dubai. So I'm a big, big advocate of sustainability and sustainable solution and that's a first venture into the electric vehicles i thought it will be a good prudent investment into uh, entry level basic uh, electric vehicle at that point mg was uh, uh, was under a different dealership now uh, soon after i bought it it moved to a, another dealership i won't take names of the dealership uh, here so uh, what's happened over the last two and a half years with my car is that I'm not at all happy with the service that is offered by the dealership. And also, uh, I mean, just last week, uh, I, I booked in for a service and they said come, come in July. So that's how stressed or how much of pressure that they have with the amount of vehicles that they mm. sell. So their infrastructure is not up to handling. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know that uh, the... Uh, mm. the semiconductor issues and any car that comes into the market now is sold and I don't know if the infrastructure is geared up to handle all those things. So uh, sure. to cut the story short, I'm not at all happy with the service and the car as such uh, because the WLTP range that is uh, uh, given to me, yep. given to the uh, customer when you go and purchase the car and once the uh, sale is done and you realize that you know, yep. once the air conditioning comes on, the WLTP range, everything goes out of the window and you are looking at a different uh, range now. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, so that's one. And I've, I've also, uh, I mean, like we spoke about, I, I heard you speak about the, uh, the BYD uh, um, introduction into the market. I'm one of the first few to have paid up the first uh, <laughs> installment nice. for the same. Okay. Uh, okay. Different battery technology, BYD yep. being the pioneers in the battery technology. I've got more confidence yep. in that uh, car. I heard you speak about the Polster. I have, yep. the, uh, I have test driven the Polster 2. I have test driven the X1. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, IX, sorry. Yep. I've test driven the IX also. So, 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 uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you suggest? Should I, uh, I mean, like, if I were to sell the uh, ZS EV, uh, like, he's done 66,000 kilometers, yeah. uh, what should it be? Naz, or should I hold it? Yeah. Well, Naz, what, what do you think, firstly, the value on a, on, a, on a ZS EV? So, for the ZS EV, I'd say around 70, 75,000 dirhams, something like that. That's what yeah. it's worth today. And, um, you know, congratulations on the uh, deposit on the Atto. I think you should be getting hold of it by July, August. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be a great card to look forward to as well. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, BYD, good. Polestar, yeah, we said I, I drove it. We'll, we'll tune in in the next uh, Motormania because we'll be covering that in detail, a Polestar 2. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some options out there, and that's the great thing. There, there are options. You're not you're not uh, obliged to stay with the, with the same car. So, mm. um, yeah, shop around, Bibbin, and see, see what's out there. All right, okay. Thanks, thanks for the session, guys. No problem Thank at all. Thank, thanks very much, Bibbin. Uh, got a text message here and i know this car actually uh what can you what what tell me what you know about the uh, how much is uh, pedro the prado i know pedro the prado uh it's a three-door silver toyota prado uh it's a, it's a 2003 v6 370,000 kilometers and um this car has been um i can tell i can vouch for it. it's been an incredibly reliable car i know i know i've known the owner for probably 15 years or more uh getting a value on that one what do you think um i mean it's, Three-door Prado. It's a, it's a manual. Um, I know people go up to this car with with post-it notes saying, "Do you want to sell it?" It happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's still a special car, but three hundred seventy thousand kilometers. But as we said with these Toyotas and things like that, it doesn't. It has a bearing of, on the price, of course, but it doesn't put off a lot of buyers. Um, even though it's a 2003 car, I still think it's worth around twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars somewhere there. Yeah, there you go, Bex. Hope that gives you some sort. Don't sell it. It's 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 part of it's part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> You've had it for too long. But anyway, you'll you'll get twenty-five for it um, for sure. I think. Uh, look, let's go to the line now. We've got Majid on the line. Um, Majid, very quickly, you got a BMW X5 i50 2019 model. 45,000 kilometres, and also you've got a Lexus RX 450 Sport Hybrid, 80,000 kilometres, and you're looking to sell both of them, is that right? Yeah, hi, Damien. Uh, hi, Nat. Yeah, sure. I'd like to know what is a fair market price for it to sell them for. That would be great. Okay, sure, no problem. So in regards to the BMW, you know, great car, latest model shape, uh, plenty of demand. I'd say around 230, 240, somewhere there. Um, regarding the Lexus, um, again, very, very desirable car now. You know, you, we see the theme of hybrids going on and on. Mm. Uh, off the back of that, I'd say 170, 175, somewhere there. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Majid. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I think uh, it was around this. When I, when I checked in some of the uh, you know platforms there and, and the market of selling cars, it, it was around this. The BMW, I think I was you know expecting 220, but I'll, I'll push it a little bit more as per your advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brilliant. For it. Thanks very Thank much, Magic. All the best. All the best with that one. Now, going to our final corner call-up for this morning, Chris, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. Now, you've uh, you've got an Audi A4 35TFSI, 2015 model, 140,000 kilometres. Uh, and now, you're, you're looking to sell it or, or just getting a, a price indication at the moment? Uh, I'm planning to switch to an EV. Ah. Okay, as a lot of people are We're doing. influencing the world, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way the world's going. Um, so you've got 140,000 kilometres on this one. Um, GCC specs, so you bought it from the dealership or you've, 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 you bought yes, it from? Yes, I did buy, yeah, I did buy it from the dealership and I've been the single owner. Okay. Okay, what did we say? The mileage is 140,000. Um, yeah, it's a 35 TFSI uh, 2015 model. Um, I'd say around 50, 55,000 dirhams. Uh, with Audis, as they get to this age, and especially with this kilometers, people get scared simply because of, you probably know, the maintenance cost on these cars. So Absolutely. It's just people, yeah. it's a lot of car for your money. You know, for $50,000, <laughs> yeah. you're getting a really nice 35 TFSI, probably S-Line as well, beautiful car. Uh, but people are just scared, you know, something goes wrong. The main dealers are expensive. The alternatives are worrying. So <laughs> where'd you go? <laughs> 
the right time to pawn it off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Good time. Actually, good the time. best time is uh, September if you can wait till September. I think the next few yeah. months the market's going to cool down. Yeah, because uh, my Tesla is going to come only in September, so I've got to wait anyway. Perfect. Yeah. Or awesome, Chris. Uh, well, I hope that uh, gives you give, gives you a bit of a ballpark figure anyway. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. All the best. Thanks Thank very you. much, Chris. Well, there we go. Like we said, they just rushed through in the in the second part of the show, but that's Wait, what we've got time, time for now. Uh, we, I think we've got over, actually. We have gone over a little bit, but uh, but thanks for joining us again. Always a pleasure. This morning. Always a pleasure. Lots I'm sure there'll be some more interesting stories in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Definitely going to be lots, lots, lots coming up. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motor Mania with Damien Reed.